Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host, Pastor Larry White. Welcome to Sunday Talks. We are doing Psalms for the summer all throughout this summer, and we're coming to the second half of that. In the last few weeks, we'll be in uh, Psalms 51 through 60. Uh, all of these are Psalms that have been attributed to David, and they are talking about some of the real trials and difficulties he went through, particularly as we see today in his uh, escaping from Saul and the other enemies that he had. These are about real trials. And, and when you think about the context of what we'll see in a moment of David's uh, Psalm 57, of, of the uh, uh, events that were taking place, David certainly could have written a very sad, dark song. Uh, he's living in a cave. There's so many things there that would just the natural response would have been uh, very uh, frightening and would have been frustrating and depressing. But we're going to see, though, there are points of that in this psalm. David comes out with a really positive note, and, and hopefully it'll be an encouragement for us when we face uh, difficult times. Uh, as I said the last few weeks, the, a great help for us in reading the psalms are these superscripts that you find at the top above the first verse where you'll have the, maybe the title of, of, of the uh, psalm and then you'll have this this word this heading of words that describe what's going on one of those we find in this 57th psalm is that it's a miktam it's the second one last week was a miktam as well which means simply that that it's it, the teaching is something that's immovable and fixed he's talking about the security in god the the immovable nature of god the things that are certain about god and also he's going to say some of those things about himself uh, psalm 57 uh, naturally flows from psalm 56 though all the psalms are not done in in uh, chronological order i do believe these two are psalm 56 david is uh, rushed away from uh, the city of gath he has been uh, attacked by the philistines and he's now leaving there and then in psalm 57 on his way out he goes to a place called i believe it's a place called a dullum the bible just simply says he goes to a cave we do have from first uh, samuel chapter 22 the recording that, that David went to a cave at Adullam and stayed there for some time. In fact, here's the interesting thing to me. When he got to Adullam, to this cave, uh, he later, through the experience there, 400 men came and also took up residency in this cave. So that would be a huge cave. The Bible says about these men that they were distressed, in debt, and discontented. But what a what a jo what a joyful crowd to be around! Uh, I used to joke from time to time that I think I pastored that church one time. Four hundred followers that were depressed, and and they're just all hey, let's be let's be in misery together. And so this is the context of David writing this this uh, uh, this psalm, and it's also got in the in the superscript these words that it was sung to the tune of "Do not destroy." And this happens in a few of these psalms. We'll see here. In fact, the, the next couple uh, use this same tune. So there were obviously tunes that they played on the lyre and the harp that, that uh, were familiar as we have hymns that have the same tune, but maybe have different words. This is the thought of this. And and I think the the, the meaning of that, do not destroy, is not like we might find uh, on a... Uh, uh, tag that's on your pillow. If you've ever read the tag that comes on your pillow that says, don't tear this off, don't destroy this. Not in that way, but I think that the thought of that is not, is, is that uh, 
though I'm going through the worst things, God, don't destroy me. Don't, don't allow me to be defeated in this. And so, so today I want to do something a little different as we go through this is just to take it really verse by verse and walk through it and let it speak uh, upon each verse that we read. And so let's just start with the very first verse of this passage. Uh, Psalm 57 verse 1 says, Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. David cries out for mercy. You won't find David in, in any of the Psalms or any of the other psalmists crying for justice, and neither neither do we. We don't want we really don't want God's justice in our lives, what we deserve. We want his mercy, what we don't deserve. David will call for justice for his enemies, but he wants God's mercy, he wants God's favor in his life, and uh, he's desiring that. I was listening to some music this week, and I, and I came across through the playlist a song um, by a, a African-American lady from times past. Called, her name is Inez Andrews, and the song, part of the chorus is this, Lord, you don't have to move the mountain, but give me strength to climb. And she keeps repeating that. You don't have to move the mountain, just give me strength to climb. And this is sort of what David's saying is, I've got problems going on here, and I need your mercy. I, need to, I don't want to be destroyed, but I do need relief in the midst of this. And he says that during this time, he's going to find shelter or refuge in the shadow of God's wings, like a little bird hiding uh, under the wings of its mother uh, in a time of storm, in a time of trial, time of trouble. David saw this place of the cave that he's going there, not so much the cave giving him uh, safety, but God was giving him safety. And he says also in that verse that I'm going to do this until the storm passes by. It's interesting that he didn't say, if the storm passes by, but until it passes by. In fact, there's a great hymn by that same title, Until the Storm Passes By, God's going to be faithful. And so he saw in all this how God was fulfilling his purposes, how God was going to, he's going to bring me through this. And, and that speaks, he speaks of that in the next couple of verses, verse two and three. He says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me, and He will put to shame who tramples on me. God will send out His steadfast love and His faithfulness. He says, God's purposes for me, God has a purpose for me. And I think you should realize that God has a purpose for your life. God has a huge worldwide plan, a global plan. He's accomplishing His purpose and everything. But I do believe He has something purposeful for us as individuals he wants us to accomplish and David saw that God's going to come from heaven he's going to he's going to provide for me he's going to save me and deliver me and then verse 3 tells us why that happens he said he's doing this based on the fact that he has steadfast love for us and he's faithful again if you've heard me talk about the psalms in any any length or any, any really the old testament passages lamentation speaks of this that term steadfast love speaks of the incredible mercy and love of god mixed together it's a great a great theological point and and these two characteristics of his steadfast love and his faithfulness are again the reason this is a miktam psalm, it is speaking of the immovability and the security of God. His steadfast, sure love for us is always there, and He's always faithful. We, he cannot be any other way. Then He goes on to, to contrast that with those who are coming against Him in verse 4. He says, My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down with and amid fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. And so in the midst of the fact that God's protecting him, what he's protecting him from are these enemies who are coming out after him, those who are seeking to chase him down and destroy him. 
New Testament, the Bible tells us that Satan is like a roaring lion. David said, I've got lions, I'm all about me. But the Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion. The Bible doesn't say that he is a roaring lion, but that he's like one. Uh, and I think there's a great example of how Satan tries to uh, cause us to fear, cause us to be, to be depressed or discouraged. And in his trying to be like a lion, he's only imitating the true lion of Judah who protects us. That Jesus is, is a lion, and Jesus is going to be victorious over all of his foes, including Satan. And so, so like David, we can be uh, we can be uh, uh, over we can be overwhelmed at times, but we can trust in God and know that He's going to be faithful. And David looks forward in the next couple of verses to see the future of things that are that are happening and going to happen. Look at verse five and verse six. He says. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Uh, they set a net for my steps. My soul w- was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. David sees what's about to happen. He looks at all the things about him. He's, and he's praised and given God glory uh, for what he's done. And, 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 the, and he says, even of my enemies, they're going to receive poetic justice. The tables are going to be turned on them. They're going to set a trap for me, but they're going to fall in the very pit that they set for me. It's going to turn back around on them. And I, David, seeing this in, in with eyes of faith, we can be confident of that as well, that, hey, one day, all of God's enemies, the tables are going to turn. They may be winning now. They may be victorious now. They may be victorious in your life. They are, they are certainly at times victorious in this world. But we have the hope and the assurance that we know this to be true, that one day the tables are going to turn. Evil is not going to win out. Good is going to win out. God's glory is going to be win out. And all of God's enemies are going to get the just reward of punishment that they deserve. And we can count on that. David says because of that, verse 7 and 8, give him, this, give him this confidence and give him this hope. He says, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. Remember again, this is a miktam psalm, one of these psalms that teaches about those things that are fixed, those things that are secure and immovable. Uh, David says, he's been saying this about God, and now he's saying about himself. My heart is fixed. My heart is steadfast. My heart is immovable. He said, I'm trusting the Lord. Again, you got to remember where he is. He's in a cave. He's depressed. He's around a bunch of depressed people. And yet he's saying, in the midst of all this, I'm trusting in God. I am I'm believing on him. And you know, again, this psalm is a one of the was one of the hymns of the early church, as all the psalms were, and they're things that were sung back to God. David wrote uh, so many s- songs that we sing, and that, that uh, are, are have certainly made the foundation of what we sing. That's why music and singing is so important for Christians, uh, for believers, is that we sing back to God, and singing just does something for us. Music does something to us, and it helps us emotionally, helps us spiritually, encourages us. And we sing because we have a song to sing. We make music to the Lord, and God's pleased with our songs. God's pleased when we sing back to Him about who He is. That's why I love the songs that speak about the nature and the, the characteristics of God. And He rejoices over us, the Bible says, with singing. And even if you can't sing well, God loves to hear you sing. Just like you would a child who would come and sing sing some joyful song to you and, and praise maybe even to you. God enjoys that when we bring those back to Him. And I'm thankful in our church, we are a, a church of singers. Uh, 
not everybody's a good singer, but that we sing, and I love on a Sunday morning. I'm sitting on the front row, and oftentimes the volume of voices is so loud. As I'm singing loud, I can't even hear my own voice for the for the noise of others around me. And, and, and sometimes it's beautiful and sometimes it's not, but it's always good because God rejoices in that and wants us to, wants us to raise our voices to, to Him in praise. And that's what David said, David said and then David does here. He says, I'm, I'm, wake my glory, wake my, wake my life, uh, awake the dawn. David said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up before the sun rises and I'm going to cause the sun rises, uh, to rise as I praise God with my voice. And he mentions instruments that he's going to play there as well. This this refers to the promise and the assurance of deliverance and the salvation he's going to experience. And he speaks about that in verse in verse 9 when he says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. David's in a cave now with with again a bunch of other depressed people, but he says, one day I'm going to get out of this cave, and one day I'm going to be among the people again. One day I'm even going to take this message to the nations. And so he envisions what's going to take place later on. And David certainly did get out of, out of that experience, got out of that place. And I think that's a great thing, a great way to encourage yourself is just to speak of the, the promise and the hope we find in Scripture and of the goodness of God that He's going to accomplish certain, the things that He has willed to do and His purposes for you. And God has a plan for you. He's going to accomplish that. I think about this when I thought about this passage. He said, I'm going to sing the praises publicly among all peoples. I'm going to sing His praises to the nations. You know, one of the results of the pandemic we've been through the last couple of years has been, for, for many people, the removal from being involved in public worship. I, I encounter people almost weekly now, even still, that will tell me, you know, I I dropped out of church, you know, and for, for health reasons or concerns, and, and as many did. We, we all, you know, here in our church, we uh, closed the doors for a couple of months as far as public gatherings. Um, but in many people uh, didn't return to that. But most, most churches across our country uh, are still in decline from those 2020, early 2020 uh, time period, and uh, we've been blessed that God's blessed us with growth. It's been it's been wonderful that He did that, but that's not been true for most. And many many reasons is because many of those who stopped coming just didn't return back to worship, and uh, and and for different reasons avoided public gathering, and some still still are doing that. Um, and and the question I have in all of that is that, that God wants us to praise Him publicly. He wants us to praise before the peoples, as David said. He wants us. He wants the nations to hear this, and it starts with us just meeting together. And so I just ask these questions of myself, and 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 ask it for for others to contemplate. At what point do we feel safe again to worship together? At what point do we say it's it's worth the risk, whatever risk there may be. At what point do we say that my need for fellowship and my need and desire to praise God publicly outweighs all the other reasons that I would avoid a public gathering? And I, I'm not saying that to offend anyone. I just want to say just to think it through, uh, to merely ask ourselves some of those hard questions. Online worship is not the same. What I'm doing right now is not the same as if I were standing before you proclaiming and uh, preaching from a pulpit or that you would experience in a in a Sunday school class or a small group Bible study. Those things are essential to your health 
spiritually in your spiritual growth, you need other people and you need to fellowship and praise God together with others. And you need to receive that. Other people need to see you there. Uh, you're not just here to benefit uh, yourself, but you're a benefit to others when you do that. David, David is, is uh, uh, expressing that, you know, I'm again, I, I know I've got off my track here a little bit, but Online, what we're doing here, and I appreciate Caleb and all those who put this together. Uh, the online opportunities are wonderful. We're never going to stop doing that. That's something we're going to do um, until the Lord returns or until He tells us to stop or has something different for us to do in helping people to worship. But I'm so glad for those that are homebound and cannot come. They're able to, to tune in. I hear that every week from someone who's, who's in that condition or somebody who temporarily is unable to be here. Maybe they're traveling or maybe they're sick at home and just can't be here. Maybe they've worked and they can watch it later on. Or that non-member who's who's not in church and maybe they're just scrolling through or somebody's encouraged them to watch or maybe they're thinking about coming to church and they want to see it beforehand. So there's so many good reasons for, for, for what we're doing. But again, it never replaces uh, what what we do publicly. All that to say is that David had no concept of the internet, of pandemics or television. He simply stated, I'm going to praise God here, and I'm going to praise Him to the ends of the earth. And then David closes with verse uh, 10 and 11. Uh, and, and I love these two verses. In fact, they may sound familiar to you. Maybe if you're familiar with some of the more modern songs we sing, you've heard Verses, songs like this. He says, For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. As I was reading that today, I was thinking, wait a minute, I've heard that somewhere before. It's very similar to Psalm 36. In Psalm 36, the Bible says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds, your righteousness is like the mountains, and your judgments are like the great deep. And then as I read that again, I thought, well, that sounds like a song I've heard recently. And if you're familiar with the Christian group Third Day, they have a song called Your Love, O Lord. And basically it just takes those those words from Psalm 36, which are very familiar with the ones of, of uh, Psalm 57, and just speaks those back. That's one reason I love, again, singing the singing the, the choruses and even some of the great old hymns that just quote right from Scripture and pull that out so that we constantly have that, that song in our head that reminds us of what the Bible says. David uses that line that, that your love is reaching to the heavens above the clouds. It was just speaking of the unmeasurableness of God's love and of His faithfulness. Remember, David's writing this and he's speaking all these things not in an air-conditioned building in a padded, sitting on a padded pew around people that are happy and people that are there to support him. He's in a dark, cold, probably damp cave with 400 men that are miserable. And in the midst of all that, he, he, he is not down and discouraged, but he, he praises God and he's, he's glorifying God. David certainly could have been down and discouraged, and certainly there were probably times he went through that. Maybe you've, you've asked someone before, how, how are you doing? And their response was something like this. Well, I'm doing pretty well, or I'm doing good, or I'm doing okay under the circumstances. Uh, I want to say that, hey, when they say that, I want to say, and when I say that, I want to say, hey, get out from underneath the circumstances. That's not where you're intended to be under those circumstances. I heard a preacher say one time that circumstances are like a mattress. 
you're not supposed to sleep under the mattress. You're supposed to sleep on top of the mattress. If you're under a mattress, you need to get out from underneath there. And if we're under the circumstances, we need to get out from underneath those circumstances, those conditions, those 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 providences that are happening to us, and and quit moping around and and get get to where God wants us to be on top of those circumstances. And one way we get there is in our minds is to to, to recall the scriptures, recall what God's done speak praises about him sing the praises that are for his, for our good and then for his glory well i've talked about a lot of things today and i think it's a good stopping point because we've come to the end of this but at the end david's praising god he's giving glory to god again something he wants to see go to all the nations i pray that that's your prayer and that's one of the reasons we gather together and worship is that we don't want it just for us we want everybody we know and everybody we don't know and people at the very ends of the earth to be able to hear about the steadfast love and the faithfulness of God. I hope you'll stay with us next week. Lord willing, we'll be back. We'll come back to Psalm 58. Thanks again for watching.